Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Okay, here we go. Welcome, everybody. It is time for a stripey edition of the Something Something Cast. Something Something Cast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob. And I am three weeks in the middle of this quarantine, and I'm starting to go a little apeshit. Just want to get that out there. I hit my, I started hitting my limit uh, on the 4th of April, 4th, yeah, right around the 4th into the 5th. I started, uh, started getting a little, little, little yeah, because I'd been home for three weeks at that point, and I have at least two more to go, maybe maybe three more to go, uh, depending on what happens. Uh, I have uh, Murphy, Governor Murphy just extended the uh, health uh, emergency thing in New Jersey for an additional 30 days, so we'll see how that affects uh, businesses and stuff like that. Yep, but, I'm currently... Uh, I did go out and get the head trimmer and shaved the head down today. It looks that's, good. That's where we got to. We're at that point now. 24 days is the the breaking point of, fuck it, I'm shaving my head. For those uh, listening at home, we are recording this live. You could have hung up with us on twitch.tv slash something something cast for tonight's topic. But you missed it. That's cool. It's all right. We we forgive you. Um, Yeah, we'll be doing it again. We do this like once a month. Yep. And honestly, we're home. We should do it more. We played um, Mealborn the other day. (laughs) Mealborn for three hours. But... I was going to say that, like, my boss called me today to, to legitimately honest, because I'm in official layoff mode. Um, but I have a job waiting for me when we all go back and did it Um And he said, we don't know when you're coming back. So please, if somebody asks for help, help them. But meh, you're kind of out in the wilderness. If you get a new job, I understand. Okay. But I have a problem, and this is a problem I have when I am just left to my own devices, let alone now left to my own devices for 24 fucking hours a day. I get into massive decision fatigue. So I could, 
I don't know. I could play God of War, which I beat. I'm stuck on the Valkyries, but I beat the original game. I could do my jigsaw puzzle. I got a really cool Disney jigsaw puzzle. I could play any of the number of 6,000 Steam games that I've purchased for anywhere between a dollar and $20. I have another drawer full of PlayStation 4 games I haven't touched. I could go upstairs and organize and build furniture because we have new places for our laundry. I could design new vinyl. I could work on another thing. I could... And now I'm in that loop. And I'm in that fucking carousel that lasts for hours. In the game development universe, they call that analysis paralysis. They do. I, I, uh, I generally refer to it as decision fatigue, but it is the exact same premise. Yeah. Yep. Um, because then you sit there and you stagnate in this strange stasis over just like, but you could, but you could, but I don't, but you could, but I could, but I could. But I mean, that's that's really a problem when it's like, this is my second of two days off and I have to go to work tomorrow and I don't know how to best use the, you know, 11 hours I have left before I have to go back to the grind. Dude, you're going to have to make these same decisions tomorrow. The trick is, is you just pick one and you start playing it and then the decision's made for you because 14 hours later when you're still playing and you're like fuck where did the day go it just it takes the it takes the decision out of your hand that's true and i beat god of war and that's there and now i'm playing uh detroit beyond human because that was a freebie and the bioshock collection so at least okay. when i look at the games that i i've been getting through i can at least say look I established and I, and I completed some things during the time in which I wasn't allowed to go to work. I beat three video games. There you go. I did something. finish the council and I am uh, oh, now right. 50, 53% through uh, Tomb Raider. I am uh, planning on doing some streaming of the council. I figured that's sort of a fun one for people to watch since it's movie-ish. Oh yeah, very pretty. That'll be a good one. But there's one other thing that sort of just appeared at the same time as our quarantine, a Netflix event that has taken over the universe. Uh, when you you asked whether I had seen it, I was like, yeah, dude, I saw two days ago. You were like, oh, okay, that's an episode. Done. Easy peasy. Me and the, the wifey binged it in probably two days, if that. It is Tiger King. Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Yeah, so I had been seeing this blow up all over social media, all over the Twitter, all over the Facebook. People are talking about it, pictures of Joe Exotic all over the place. And I'm just like, <sighs> all right, like, like just from the, it looked very, the staircase, it looked very making a murderer, like mm -hmm. the picture uh, kind of gave it that feel. And I'm like, I don't know if I, if I could go <laughs> in for for one of those right now. I'm not it's, sure if that's the jam I'm feeling right now. It's so, so much closer to American Vandal. So I said, you know what? It was it was after we got done uh, playing some co-op Seven Days to Die with my friends up in New Hampshire. So we usually stop playing around 11, 11.30, and then typically I'll put on either like uh, Lego Masters if it's a new episode, and I'll watch that, or I'll watch uh, Great British Bake Off and fall asleep to that kind of thing. I said, you know what? Let me let me pull up and I'll watch the first episode of this fucking Tiger King bullshit, whatever they're talking about. And I started this at eleven fifty on a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. At six thirty Monday morning, I said, I I have to I have to take a nap. <laughs> I gotta stop. Before the last episode, I watched six episodes in a row. Like I could not put the shit down. It wasn't, I don't even know if it was because I need to like, 
I need they did enough this episode. I need to see what happens next episode. I think it no. was more a factor of this can't possibly get any worse. And uh, you know, each previous episode said, "Hold my beer," and it just wow. Yeah. So it became, and I I would have to believe that if you haven't seen it, there's two reasons. If you're listening to this and you have not seen Tiger King. Either number one, you are generally like universally opposed to it, and I respect that opinion 100%. Or you don't have Netflix. Like, those are the only two reasons everybody else has seen it. And I respect the people who haven't been like, who were like, I can't watch anything with animal abuse. I 100% respect that. And there's a little bit of animal abuse in there. In the like physical, it's a lot more of the hey, we have animals trapped in cages abuse, and we're not treating them as best as you can, and we're feeding them Walmart scraps. And but it took over. There are now like everywhere you spun around for that weekend was pictures of Joe Exotic and jokes about Carol Baskins and the his boyfriend with the shirt and non fucking stop Joe Exotic memes. Oh, my God. The funniest one I saw the other day was a kind of behind-the-scenes picture taken from, like, uh, like a Sesame Street or a Muppet kind of thing. So uh, it was a picture of a puppeteer. Uh, it looked like it was taken without his knowledge. You know, it was kind of, like, fired from the hip from somebody nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's this kind of, you know, broad-shouldered, kind of, you know, toned, beefy kind of uh, dude. Uh, and uh, he's got his arm out like this. Uh, you can see it on the camera. Uh, kind of like, you know, like he almost like he's punching something. Arm out straight. And on his arm, in the meme talk, it says uh, Joe Exotic. And huh? he's got his hand in a puppet which looks like Elmo, but the puppet's actually just kind of like hanging off of his fist. Just like limply. So it looks like he's got his fist up Elmo's ass, and Elmo's mouth is just like, in the silent scream. And the meme talk over Elmo says, straight guys who want Joe Exotic's meth. And then very, very far in the background, down the hall, is like another elmo-ish puppet that looks like it just turned the corner and saw this and is just absolutely wide-eyed in shock and terror at seeing his friend getting fisted right and and the meme talk over the faraway one was the average american finding out a tiger only costs two thousand (laughs) dollars there was a great trevor noah from daily show mention of that because uh Oh, I don't remember who it was. It was Trump's press secretary or something was talking about having binged watch it. And he goes, I was amazed to find out that Tiger's $2,000. And Trevor Noah's response was, that should not be what highfalutin, powerful people in Washington take away from this stupid ass thing. Don Jr., thank you for PRL. It, it, was, it was Don Jr. because he followed it with, how cool would that have been to have around the house? Dumb. Only if it ate your face, you fucktard. So Piero Matt in chat actually says it holds you the first handful with a bunch of false premises, which is one of the first things I want to address in this. What is Tiger King fundamentally like what it's a documentary should have a have a fundamental thing. So what is it about? Give me the elevator pitch for Tiger King. You mean what we think the elevator pitch was sure. or what that's it a, should be? I think that's a good way to start, actually. 
Well, it's it's listed as a true crime documentary. Okay. Uh, and since it ends with him getting arrested for spoiler alert, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, yeah. if it it ends with him getting arrested for the uh, alleged uh, hiring of a hitman to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, they just took the the scenic route to get there because they basically started with who this guy was and how this feud between the two of them started and how it just kept escalating, 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 escalating. Um, and then it takes and a... S- when, go ahead. Well, it, it takes a weird kind of hook when you get uh, Jeff Lowe involved. Right. Until you find out. I mean, it kind of in hindsight, it makes sense that they go down that route because it was his buddy that supposedly was the guy who was hired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I describe this show as Breaking Bad if you substitute the meth for tigers. Because there's not one fucking person in this entire show who is a likable or redeemable character. And the character that you're really supposed to go in and fucking hate, which is the uh, Walter White slash uh, Joe Exotic character, by the end of the series, I wouldn't say you like him and you're rooting for him, but you almost come out of it going, maybe he's not the worst person on this entire fucking show in this whole cast. And that... By and large is what I find super interesting because whom you're supposed to from the beginning of it anyway, who they paint as the the villain, if only because she is a specific archetype of person is Carol Baskins. And yeah, there is the we'll get into her and her husband. I'm sure in a little bit, but she is the one that's painted as like the villain. And yet somehow. At the end of the whole thing, she's not the person you're looking at in the show going, wow, they're an ant. Like, they're, I don't think Carol's the worst one at the, in the last episode. And I don't think Carol's the worst one almost th- throughout the thing. I think her personality type makes her the perfect foil to, um, to Joe. But, like, I don't think she's a villain. I just think she's a twat. Like, I just think uh... she's a pain in the ass. She, in my opinion, she absolutely was the worst person in the show because she was, in my opinion, the biggest hypocrite out of everybody on that show. Hit me. When she's sitting there, uh, as somebody posted, she's sitting there doing her best attempt at a Disney princess pose being interviewed by the camera saying how uh, she's an animal rights activist and she hates that Joe Exotic has tigers in cages and literally six feet behind her is a lion in a cage that is barely bigger than the lion itself. That's hypocritical. It's, it's the uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. I'm the, it's in, in poker terms, it's the big stack bully because she had all this money and she had all this influence and she had all these lawyers and everything else. So she was going to bully out the people that she didn't like. Uh, The other thing I found amusing, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I will bring it up to you since we have that shared job history (laughs) of going to and working at Renaissance festivals. Oh no. Uh, 
in the first five episodes of that show, I identified like 11 different Renaissance festival archetypes of personality. Like I could look at Doc Antle and go, yep, that's like seven people up at New York Renaissance festival. And I would watch something else and go, that's like 14 people down at New Jersey fair. And it, it was, it was, it, yeah. It and was. I'm going to tell you, Oh there's... yeah. I know all those people. I know multiples of all those people. And there is an added level to this, that there is somebody specifically in, in the world of events that I have dealt with personally, that is Joe exotic. Oh Yeah. In so much as um, you collect the rabble of people that don't get accepted by anyone, you give them a ton of praise and a bunch of free shit in some cap, which is more than they got before. It doesn't matter that it's a beer and a day old hamburger. It's something that they haven't gotten from somebody recently. And you give them a little kindness and you give them a little love and you give them a cot in the middle of a fucking storeroom and you say, this is your bed. You didn't have a bed yesterday. Now you have a bed. Yeah, it's not much, but it's yours. And people flock to that shit. And I, and I was in that community for a very long time. And maybe that's part of the reason why I walk away from the whole thing going, yeah, Joe Exotic may not have been the worst asshole of the whole thing, but he most definitely is an asshole. Oh no, absolutely! I'm not. He's and a sympathetic asshole. By the end of the sh- by the end of the show, uh, Matt in chat actually brings up Joe Exotic is sympathetic because even though he has done some terrible shit, it's a result of some pretty tragic mental illness. Sure, and I agree with that. He's in. So, did he treat animals poorly? Absolutely. Did he maybe do some shady shit with animals? Uh, I'm going to say probably. I mean, there's no real. You know, they, they don't find any actual definitive fingerprint evidence to show that he was doing serious bad shit with them. But you get into that kind of a business and uh, I'm sure you you have to make decisions that in your situation, you know, putting you in that same spot, mm-hmm. you go, well, this is totally, totally logical. Uh, and anybody in my business, in my position, would look at this and go, well, this is a totally logical uh, decision to make as well. The problem is, is that business is not a totally logical business. So sure. immediately, your choices are completely skewed. And but we're, we're also he's looking no at a different, bad business. Like yeah, business he's no business. different in what he did than what Doc Antle is. And both of them are no different than what fucking Carol Baskins is. They're they're people who are, at the end of the day, using uh, their money and their belongings and their quote-unquote love of big cats and ownership of them to exploit them for financial purposes. Whether that exploitation is breeding them, selling them, you know, uh, running a uh, a personal uh, zoo or a private zoo kind of thing. It's all, it's all the same bullshit. Sure. I think the one thing, and I don't think it, in so much as the documentary is concerned, whether, and I can't, I don't know, watch enough documentaries to be able to say, do, you know, documentary should be unbiased or documentary should show better sides. I don't think the documentary gave, in the one instance, Carol Baskin's charity enough answer, as in, what does it do? Is it, in fact, better than what Joe does? Joe's has a zoo. He's a zoo for cute pets that he lets, and, you know, when they get older, he does something with them. Wink, wink. Um, 
I would love to have known whether at the end of the day is Carol doing something good? Because the show makes it look like, nah, she's doing the exact same thing Joe's doing. Because but I can't she, okay. Is she, I think she is doing the exact same thing. She's just doing it. She's doing it better. Uh, it well, better meaning the optics, uh, and it's the same kind of thing with Doc Antle, in my opinion. He's doing the same thing that they both are. He just has better PR people, and he doesn't look so trailer trash about it, like fucking Joe Exotic did. Hmm. Um, therefore, the optics take on a slightly different view. Um, and I, and I wonder that's and it could just be you know she's a charity so it's a tax status situation because I went and I did at least a smidge of research her charity is very well received like it has high rankings on charity shit and stuff but also she is from the way it appears during the docu she's very good at that part she's super good at the social media so it doesn't surprise me that her legion of Karens that work for her, that she doesn't know their names and all that, would go and pump up her ratings on the charity version of sure. uh, Google Maps. Somebody there was a there was a meme that posted up on uh, Facebook the other day that somebody had shared that uh, made a lot of sense to me. It posed a question. It said, "If she is such a quote unquote charitable person that is so much for the animals and for better treatment of animals and animal rights this and animal preserves that when she won her judgment against Joe Exotic why didn't she just say cool I'm going to take all the tigers out of that environment and I'm going to put them in a better place she didn't do that she said no fuck you you pay me a million dollars because she knew he didn't have the million dollars so that was like almost a vindictive personal attack to bankrupt him as opposed to doing what she kind of claims that her company does which is take tigers out of that kind of an environment and give them a better life why wasn't that the right answer like cool I'm going to own all your shit now and we're going to let them go out and run and play in the fields and jump with giant balls of yarn and have a lot of fun that you didn't do. Get drunk on it was no, It was no million dollars right now because nope. she wanted to shut him down and, and completely put him, put him out, which taking the Tigers would have done the same thing and accomplished her goal. Yeah. No, that's a, that is a wonderful point that is one that I have not run across as I've seen the people sort of poo-pooing the whole show because the thing that I see the most from people online and this is the one that confuses me and it may be because you and I come from that universe of of conventions and weirdos and fringe charismatic in another alternate timeline could have been cult leader weirdos like you and I have known some charismatic fucking weirdos who could have gotten some weird party started and maybe did I'm I'm sharing the screen with one. <laughs> Wait. In his likeness.com. So <laughs> if <laughs> Trio's available on Amazon. <laughs> um But that said, like I see a lot of people saying you should not be idolizing and hero worshipping Joe Exotic. And I walked away and I really I've had the hard understanding of looking at it going, maybe it's because I see him for the red flags he is. Are people walking away from this documentary with a certain amount of like hero worship of of him as a person? Because 
I see him and I go, oh, this is a guy who I would not lend 20 bucks, but I probably could make a bunch of money off of, which I'm sure is what Joel What's-His-Face saw in him. Like, here's a dumb asshole who's going to pay me if, if I can do something for him. So Matt in chat says, Joe Exotic clearly has some pretty severe mental illness, exasperated by meth. He's paranoid, manipulative, craves attention, needs authority, and has delusions of grandeur. He's Holy basically, he's he's basically a gay meth cowboy polyamorous Trump. I wouldn't say um, it goes that far. And I just said, I'm not sure I'd go that far. I, I think Joe's... Uh, besides his poor treatment of the animals in his zoo, which at the time he thought was the best thing that he could do for them. I think his biggest flaw is he, he desperately wanted to be somebody. He desperately wanted to be famous. He was, he was a very, very, he felt he was a very big fish in a very small pond. And when people like Carol Baskins or, or, uh, Doc Antle come out against him and he realizes that he is not the biggest fish in that small pond. Uh, he becomes like a puffer fish um, or trying to make himself out to be bigger. That's like mm-hmm. the fucking country music recording. He, he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be a thing. Um, and the tigers were a way to get there. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, the delusions of grandeur part I go with. I just yes. I don't think he's that like that Bond villain of a of an asshole. He's just he's he's a redneck who came into a lot of money and a thing yes. that people were really crazy about and it all went to his head. Whereas people like Doc Antle, like uh like uh Lowe, like uh like Carol Baskins, they took it to a different extreme. You you sort of painted the way I saw it in in that food chain concept because if you look at the people who worked for him, whether it was the stoner guy, whether it was Saf, whether he knew where to go to get people that would sort of agree that he is something special. And then when he met Joel, the mil- the supposed millionaire, Las Vegas, polyamorous, tiger, threesome, girls in Jeff, whatever his name is. Jeff Lowe, yeah. Jeff Lowe, thank you. I, was, I connect it and make it Joel. Uh, derp. When he sees him, he sees him in the same way those people coming off the train from the jail see Joe as someone to aspire to or somebody he can get something out of. But yeah, he is 100% just an object in the food chain there. Um, Yeah. He, I think he likes to think he's on the same level as like Doc Antle and Jeff Lowe and he's not, but people who can play him well will take huge advantage of that, uh, that personality type like Jeff did, like, uh, and did like, like Doc did. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that the one of the more popular comments was the most un uh, unmemorable character on that entire show was a former Colombian drug lord who had an ATF agent killed and dismembered on his property. <laughs> and that guy's like, yeah, I I sold drugs to support my cat habit. It's a thing. And then like that's like, and people are like, all right. And then you know back to the crazy people, right. 
And then there's, uh, I think my favorite character in the whole thing, and you're, this is where I fail on names. I've been trying to like pleasantly, quietly type it out in the side. The, uh, the re- reality TV producer, the one that was producing all of his material. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the sort of deep throaty inside uh, edition guy. Yeah, not Eric, not Eric Good. He was the guy who actually did the uh, Tim Stark. No, not Tim Stark. Rick Kirkman. Okay. Yes. Um, he was probably my favorite one because I think he also saw himself as somebody who could get something super interesting out of Joe Exotic. And, but he did it in a very passive way. Like, hey, I can come in here. I can observe from the side. I can give him something he wants by giving him all this extra production value. But all the while, I'm going to be, he was making this documentary a few years back. But for whatever reason, whether it's because he burnt down the alligator cage or he was paid to burn down the alligator cage or whatever the hell happened there, um, he saw too much. So he just sort of quietly backed out, took his film with him. Um, well, no, he didn't even get to take his film with him because all of his footage got right. burnt in the fucking alligator building. That's true. That's true. That's true. And that's and that's where – so the current uh, director of the actual show, Eric Good or Eric Goody. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, they did a little bit of TV magic uh, in doing this uh, because when it starts out with Kirkham and you're getting into that whole, hey, we're filming Joe Exotic TV, which is his little, you know, uh, it's almost like uh, – Pump up the volume, you know, the pirate radio station, sure. uh, but for fucking big cat lovers broadcast out of his fucking basement, excuse me. It gives you a certain feel, like Matt said, uh, of where this show is going to go. Uh, and then, like, there's just so many zigzags and twists and turns from there, so they keep kind of pulling you in uh, and then swerving you on it. But one of the things that I thought was interesting, and this kind of gives you an idea that maybe they were trying to portray people in specific lights, uh, John Finley, Joe's first husband, and this is off IMDb, Mm -hmm. um, was asked by the producers to remove his dental bridge for the filming. Uh, According to an interview with Doc Antle, Doc said Finley was forced to take his teeth out for the series. He had had bridge work done, but the show wanted him portrayed in a certain way. Hmm. So the teeth had to come out. Interesting. Um, Finley even says that his tooth loss was not the result of past meth use as according to him. And the documentary makes it definitively feel like that, but that he, but that his whole family has uh, genetic reasons where their teeth just don't, they, they don't do well with teeth, I guess. Um, I empathize. But, yeah, when they get into the whole meth conversation and he's sitting there with, you know, a grill full of tooth, uh, it definitely, you definitely get the feeling like, oh, yeah, that guy does a lot of meth. He's got three teeth left in his skull. And there was, I did see afterwards that there were um, posts about, you know, the footage we saw of him was a few years old. Since then, he's got a full set of chompers. He's doing A-OK, and we should be happy for him. Yeah. Um, I found uh, Rick Kirkman, 
Why did Rick Kirkman want to work on Tiger King? This comes from CheatSheet.com. In an interview with Extra TV, Kirkman conceded that being on camera was like a drug to Maldonado, who is uh, Joe Exotic, which made for really good television. Kirkman describes the footage he captured that was famously burned, quote, if I were to let the video out that I had shot of Joe Exotic killing animals on this park, of him tricking people by taking in their animals, Joe Exotic would have probably gone to jail. Or, quote, he would go to jail. So it was more present tense. Yeah, I wonder if he got a payoff at the end of it. Because I I don't know whether I believe that he burned down the alligator cage or not. Somebody burnt down the alligator cage and there was a reason. And it was probably this footage. 99% chance. The question is, what purpose did it serve? And it probably is because Rick Kirkman had too much. Either way, he was legit my favorite character in the entire series. Oh, I agree. Because he... He was aware. Uh, he he became the... Uh, he became the analog for the viewer at home. Yeah. You know? Like, hey, here's this crazy, wacky, gay, redneck, gun-toting dude who has a, a private zoo full of tigers. Yeah, I'll go film this. And two days in, he goes... Fuck am I watching? How did like, I get here? He was all of us. Yeah. Uh He's because, a talking heads lyric. Oh my god, yeah. How did it I was... get here? So uh I I wanna get into this. I'm not even gonna preface it. I'm just oh, gonna please. throw it out there. James, people in the chat, did Carol feed her fucking husband to a tiger? <laughs> Before I answer, I'm going to look over to my wife who's sitting over playing Animal Crossing. Hey, love, did Carol feed her husband to a tiger? Yeah. My wife says yes. I say... She she did not hesitate. No, 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 no. This has been a topic that she's spoken with her sister about. This has been a topic that she has talked on Animal Crossing about. Please understand that my wife currently has a tiger-themed um, Animal Crossing room. Goddamn because, Carol Baskin. <laughs> because with a mugshot mug on the wall in her Animal Crossing home because we were watching it while she started playing. Of who? A mugshot of who? Of Joe. Okay. I, I want to say no. I want to say that the answer seems to be no but at the same time we live in modern days and i tend to believe that people can't just up and fucking disappear for so long where did he go what did he do what were the circumstances i have no idea about the extra details and nobody's real come nobody's really come out with these documentaries when there is a counter story like and this is a perfect case in carol baskin's husband if there was another story out there like, no, 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 the documentary makes you think about it this way. But the real fact of the matter is, is that he was having an affair with this chippy down at the local watering hole and he had gotten really bad into heroin and he made some enemies with Cuban drug lords. And I've been watching a lot of Ozark and like it, there would be other stories that popped up like immediately and nothing has. And that 
is at the very least evidence to me that nobody has anything else to say about this, which means eh, she might have. Look, Paul Hollywood had an affair and the world found out about it a week after it started. This guy's not just going to fucking disappear and nobody knows where the fuck he is. Carol Baskins is no Paul Hollywood. Number, no, no, no. But no, my <laughs> point is, is I, I would like to know how much he was worth at the time of his passing. And I would like to know, uh, I mean, how much she got. Because if you're going to fake your own death, if you're going to disappear, wouldn't you, I would think, I know I would, set something up to at least get some of the funds that you have? You know what I mean? Even if it's like, sure. hey, you know, I have I have $10 million. I can live on $3 million. I'm going to sock that away somewhere in a shoebox in a mattress in Belize and then just kind of like dip off and disappear and... and and fake my own death. I agree. Uh, Killer CDs in the chat says it's easy to disappear if no one's really looking for you anyway. And I get that, but I, I can't see that you leave every single penny that you have, unless, unless she talked about, he had cars in Costa Rica. Maybe he sold all the cars when he got down there. I mean, who knows, but the, Part of me that watches enough reality TV to know that they edit things to make people think a certain thing. Sure. Makes me feel that maybe she didn't because they definitely had enough scenes where uh, Joe's filming the commercial and the tiger starts licking his shoe and then attacks him. And he's like, well, they sprayed my shoe with cologne. Oh, and they cut the bit. carol. They cut the carol and shit. They, they're not going to attack a shoe over cologne. You got to put sardine oil or something on it. And you're like... Cool. Really? (laughs) And then when she, yeah, just uh, a hardcore legend in the chat. I was just going to bring this up. He says, remember the power of attorney that she wrote up uh, that she changed the language to where instead of it saying upon my death, it was upon my death or inexplicable disappearance. (laughs) Well, that doesn't sound (laughs) shady, you know, and she filed for it five years in one day from the time that the. Uh, missing person went out. They have to wait five years. So it was like the Mm -hmm. day after five years they went and filed for it. So it seems really shady unless, unless, and the only other option I can think of is that she's in on it and he's like, I'm going to fucking disappear. You can have everything in order to make this work. You're going to have to change the language of this. I'm taking off with my little 20-year-old chicky in Costa Rica and all the cars. Take the tigers. Take the money. I don't give a fuck. You're a bitch. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I'm gone. <laughs> and I'll be – if when I call you and say, hey, you need to put money into the Shell Corporation in Amsterdam, just you have to do it. No questions asked. Yeah. And I mean at that point uh. – you know, maybe she realized, hey, people are going to think I fed my husband to a tiger. I don't care. I know I didn't. They can't prove that I did. They will never prove that I did because I didn't. I have all the money and I have the the zoo. So I don't give a fuck what people think. But I totally think she fucking fed him to a tiger. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I am with your wife in the unhesitating answer. Do you think Carol Beck? Yes. Absolutely, I do. I think I I can easily picture her in the kitchen just, like, emptying out, like, 25 cans of sardines, straining them out, walking into the bedroom, 
Honey, I, of like, I drew your bath. Yeah, instead of the fucking <laughs> campground prank where you just dump ice cold water on somebody's head while they're sleeping, she's just sitting there with a giant turkey baster, just drizzling olive oil over him like some weird fucking Mario Batali waiting for the tigers to come in. Uh, honey, could you come downstairs? And the top stair is just covered in roller skates, and the bottom <laughs> is a baby pool full of sardine oil. <laughs> It's like Home Alone, but instead of a ball pit at the bottom of the stairs, it's tigers. Why do my pajamas smell like sardines? Why Why did this paint can fall out of the closet and hit me in the head? Just go feed Down the, tigers. the stairs. <laughs> tigers at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, my God. It's like a scene out of Naked Gun. Exactly. She's already on her laptop. Hey there, you cats and kittens. You hear the growling in the background. She just kind of leans off camera, shuts the door, keeps recording. (laughs) Matt says he was out in the pen and she just rushed in with water balloons and a super soaker. That would be awesome. Hey there, tigers. Time for your daily feeding. All of a sudden, he's just getting pelted with fucking sardine oil paint gun pellets. (laughs) Oh, hilarious. Oh, all right. Take a breath. Let me catch my breath for a second. Woo! All right. So, yes, uh, according to uh, the highly accurate SomethingCast uh, and Twitch uh, SomethingCast poll, yes, Carol Baskin's fed her husband to a tiger. I, I we will can lose now the move majority on. on that. Yeah, we sure can. Um, I know I'm not sure where to go, with the, go from here. <clears throat> At the end of the show, when all is said and done, here, let me clear my throat. <clears throat> At the end of the show, when all is said and done, did you feel bad for Joe Exotic? Through now, let's address yes, he is an amazing country music talent that we all do not get because he is in prison. He is a political advocate that we will never actually get to see, even though he didn't know what libertarianism is. And my favorite part. His uh, government, his um, political official leader, manager, is his gun seller at Walmart. Do you feel actual, like, sympathy, empathy? Do you think Joe is where he should be, or do you think he should be home? Those are two separate questions, to be fair. I... Part of me, part of me feels he is probably where he belongs, but not for the reason that put him there. There are probably a lot of other reasons that Joe Exotic should be in prison, but not necessarily for the reason that he is in there for. Right. Uh, there are a lot of, I mean, even in the the series in that one episode, there are some pretty damning phone calls uh, between Jeff. And his buddy Alan, who was supposedly paid the money, uh, in how they were phrasing certain answers so that they were both on the same page because mm-hmm. Jeff was working with the feds. Uh, it almost felt like the like a like a weird dark version of the Joe Schmo show where everybody was in on this whole Fed bust thing except for Joe. He was the right. only one that didn't know what the fuck What's was going, going on. on. But I I definitely feel just like in making a murderer, I feel there's going to be a lot more that comes out that is Mm -hmm. going to put a lot of these other people that helped put Joe where he is that are going to uh, 
Karma's going to come back and bite him in the dick. A lot of these other people. I think uh, before this whole thing is done, I think Jeff is going to get caught up in some shit that's going to put him away. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Antle uh, gets caught up on some things and either has to pay like some hefty fines or gets put away. Uh, and there's actually the police chief in the town that Carol lives in that is hoping that because of the renewed interest in his disappearance because of the show, uh, that something comes up somewhere that gives them fresh leads to try to find out what happens for him. Just going to the chat real quick. Uh, PRL Matt says, I believe he hasn't done anything wrong. I think that is precise. I think... But I'll get to that in one second. We also had Hardcore Legends says, I feel bad for... Um, just to be clear, Saf uh, is gentleman, uses he pronouns. Uh, he got a set of balls. Holy shit, does Saf have a set of balls. I have... I would like to believe that the people who I've sort of archetyped onto Joe, and there's two very in particular, I know them pretty well. And Joe 100% doesn't believe that he has done anything wrong but he is also the type of person that will never believe he has ever done anything wrong like i'm gonna is... i'm gonna disagree with you there a little bit really because Be- i tend well to because that... when they moved his chimps to that new sanctuary and he saw them like hugging on each other and playing with that ball and stuff he did like come out and say i treated these animals like shit when i owned them and now that i see them behaving the way they do I realize that I didn't do right by these animals. So I don't think he believes he hasn't done anything wrong. But when you are Hmm. a certain type of innocent of certain specific things, uh, that fight never goes away. So like when you watch Making a Murderer and they tried to pin that murder, that girl on that dude, like eight different ways till Sunday – he was always very adamant. I didn't do it. This is a setup. This is what they did. This is what mm-hmm. I did. This is what they're trying to make me say I did. Joe is very much the same way in the charge of hiring that dude to kill Carol. Right. Obviously, he talked about it. He joked about it. There's footage of him talking about it on Non-stop. his fucking Joe Exotic TV all over the place. <laughs> it's the Kill but Carol I ten- channel. I tend to believe... That that money that he gave Alan was because Alan said, fuck this, I'm out of here, I can't do this anymore, I want to move home, but I don't have the funds, and Joe said, "All right, cool, here, here's three grand to help you move back to South Carolina. And then Alan and Jeff turned it around into, cool, we're going to say this is a payment for going to kill Carol, and this is going to put him away and get him out of our hair. I don't think Joe is smart enough to come up with a pay-for-murder scheme and know how to try to keep it quiet. Uh, I think he obviously clearly would have said something stupid at this point that would have given the game away. Um, but there's a lot of other audio recordings, like I said, between Jeff and Alan and other people that make it seem very clearly that they wanted this outcome from the interaction between Joe and Alan. So this is what we're going to say happened. And I think you're probably, I, I think you're, on the money there. The documentary does a great job of making it clear that Joe, number one, has been talking about the destruction of Carol Baskins for years. And to the same, I think the big question that went to my head is, is he the is he dumb enough? Is he ignorant enough of his own sort of verbal tics and actions and history 
to say it three years before he meets Jeff Lowe and Allen. And then three years later be like, uh, I probably should never actually kill her because even though I hate her to death and I want to see her dead, and it, but it's good. Does he think of that as good television? Does he think of that as something he actually wants to do? Does he hate her? Or is he dumb enough to think I can get this done even though I've broadcast it publicly nonstop for five years? And I, it's a real, real layer of stupid. To, to sit there and say, I've been saying I would like to kill this person for five years on the web, and now I'm going to try it. I think from minute one, the documentary did a good job of making it clear that Alan hated Joe. Joe hated Alan, and Alan was a scary son of a bitch. I wouldn't want to fuck with Alan. Yeah, it's it's... I found it interesting where depending on what episode you were watching and depending on the setting that Alan was being filmed in, mm. uh, either you could see the teardrop tattoo or they make up over it, depending on what the conversation and what the interview they were having with oh, I didn't Alan notice at, that. at the time was. Um uh, Matt says I think he is capable of fully believing that he is smart enough to come out of it squeaky clean. That's fair. Uh, I mean, be. that is fair. He I, he does seem to be that type of personality. And let's address uh, that it could have been, you know, under the influence of something. Yeah, no, this is true, too. All bets are off. But. Yeah, I tend to believe you're right. I, I think I agree with your point that should he be in jail for things that he's done? Almost definitely. Whether it's feeding animals rancid meat because I don't care whether that shit just came out of the freezer yesterday. Some of it didn't. Whether it's, you know, pure unadulterated animal abuse, whether it's uh, bad, inhumane, whether it's taxes for the way he kept his buildings, whether it could be a thousand other things. But under the specific case of going and trying to get this woman murdered from a guy he clearly hates, who clearly hates him through a... Through the guise of a man who has every right in the world, every want in the world to get Joe out of the way. I don't know whether it should be for that. Yeah, I think uh, Matt says he was probably being manipulated on some level. And I absolutely agree with that. I think what more than likely happened was Jeff came in and saw somebody who... He could get one over on. Uh, and the funniest thing I saw about Jeff was somebody showed a picture of Jeff Lowe and the caption was, if Axe body spray was a person. <laughs> um, Accurate. I think they felt, yo, what's up, FYFC Studios? What's up? Uh, fear from uh, FYFC hanging out in the chat with us tonight. Uh, so I think Jeff found that this was somebody he could get one over on. Uh, and once he realized that he, once the trouble happened in Vegas where he got caught smuggling baby tiger cubs into luggage for tail. And then he found out that, uh, Joe was under investigation from the feds that it would have made Jeff's life so much fucking worse. 
and that Joe probably did keep talking about wanting that bitch Carol Baskin's dead, going to fucking kill mm-hmm. that bitch Carol Baskin's, that him and Alan hatched this plan of saying, dude, if we can get him on tape saying that, whether he means it or not, whether he's serious or not, doesn't matter. Yep. We can get him on tape saying that, we can get him out of the way. I end up not going down because now I'm working for the feds, you know, and then everything else just kind of steamrolled from there. Um, I just seeing the stupid shit that he did on his Joe exotic TV. I don't believe he, I honestly don't believe he actually seriously could have hired somebody to kill Carol Baskins. That to me seemed like his fucking bread and butter. Like, mm-hmm. that was where he was getting a lot of his viewership on his Joe Exotic TV show from, The Feud. When that feud goes away, what happens? You know, to use a very, very poor analogy, but some of the best wrestling uh, at the time was when WWF at the time was going against WCW. When sure. WCW folded, what happened to WWF? Their fucking product went to shit because there was nothing to compete against to try to make them better to try to get those viewers. I think Joe knew that enough that building up the feud is what kept him relevant. If the feud ever ended, who the fuck cares who Joe Exotic is? I had a point and it's totally 100% sort of. I, was, I went to rechat. Uh, Pierre Almet says, like, Jeff could have planned it as a joke and Joe didn't know it was real, but then it's set up that all lines into place. All makes sense. I do agree that that's very similar to how it went. Like, and I can say from personal experience, having worked having worked on this show and other podcasts for years, it doesn't take a shit ton to make audio say what you want it to say. Oh, absolutely. It is, it is not hard to take a, a phone conversation where the audio is just a little bit fuzzy, throw a couple filters on it so it feels normal. Would it hold up under audio expert scrutiny? Maybe not. Right. But are they? Is it going under audio expert scrutiny? Are they going? We have this guy who, for the last five years, said he's going to kill a bitch, kill a bitch, or try and kill a bitch, and we have audio from this guy saying he literally is trying to hire someone. Are they going to get an audio expert to make sure that that audio file is is not the equivalent of like Smithers on The Simpsons? You right. Know? Matt says the one real damning piece of evidence against Joe is that chat he had with the setup guy online. But we don't know how that chat started or ended. You know what I mean? It could have been, you know, them hanging out, you know, hitting the fucking crack pipe drink. And he'd be like, you know, if we ever really wanted to do this, all we would have to do is go here. And all of a sudden it becomes that fucking conspiracy theory, high ass bullshit. We're like, yeah, dude. And then we could do this and then we could do that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Any serious behind it? Who the hell knows? But when you take a snippet of that out and be like, look, here's a Facebook message conversation that Joe had with the setup guy. Like, well, if we go here and here and here, we can get away with it. Um, uh, Fear even says it's fishy when you're competing and getting that notoriety. Why have that go away? And I, I agree 100%. I don't think he ever would have wanted that feud to end because he was kind of using that to make people pick sides and get half of the notoriety out of it. Now that yep. he's in prison, he's already said in interviews, like he's just, he's beyond the whole Carol Baskin thing. He just wants it all to go away uh, because he can't do anything with it now. So why, why have her out there feeding off of and getting notoriety for her half of quote unquote winning when he can't, but I still believe that there's going to be stuff that comes out. There's supposed to be a new episode that drops next week. Uh, I saw Jeff, that. I know Carol. Jeff Lowe posted uh, something on like Instagram that said they were going to have a uh, 
a new which, episode posted next week, so that'll be interesting to see. And that speaks volumes that Jeff posted it, and Carol's not in it. Because I saw a report that Carol Baskin did not add anything to that episode. So it's, I'm curious as to, I mean, if it's completely damning against Jeff Lowe, I can't imagine he's on his Instagram going like, hey, check this thing out where everybody lambasts me. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I'm surprised he even likes what they did present, but he's also sort of an egomaniacal asshole to begin with. Like, he's one of those dudes who you very, very clearly go, I know that guy. I don't want to hang out with that guy. I don't even like going to the bar with that guy. Right. Uh, Apparently, on April 6th in 2020, it was announced that a series titled Investigating the Strange World of Joe Exotic is going to premiere on Investigation Discovery. So that is going to be interesting because that sounds like a documentary based off uh, the documentary. From Um, the people who made the film about the film. Uh, Uh, Let's see, Hardcore Legend. Didn't the judge at one point say that, quote, saying you wanted someone dead was freedom of speech and not chargeable? Uh, Yeah, it probably, I mean, that's probably true. Saying you want somebody dead is, but not somebody else saying, but he gave me $2,000 to do it. I think, yeah, but I think even that is kind of dicey. Don't don't quote me on this. I'm not a law person, but I, I think... If you were to say, Bird. man, man, I'd like that person dead is not the same as I'm going to kill you because I'm going to kill you as a threat. Man, I wish that person was dead is not quite the same because um, I can't honestly see that like, you know, you just walk up to somebody in the street and point a finger at him and say, I'm going to fucking kill you is, you know, freedom of speech, First Amendment stuff. Uh, that seems a bit. Uh, out there. But there was also, like Matt had mentioned before, I had forgot it, it's uh, the, uh, well, when we were talking about burning, uh, who burned the uh, the alligator building, uh, that, I would like to know who filmed that hidden cam cell phone footage. Oh, the Bigfoot footage? Of Joe talking to the lawyer about well, does he have any backup of that footage? Nope. It's all in the Well, okay. Can you... I could probably find somebody who needs $10,000. Like, that whole thing seemed really shady to try to point that either Joe burned it or Joe had somebody burn that building down. Mm-hmm. But why would Joe record that footage of him talking to the lawyer plotting to burn down the alligator, the alligator building? You know what I mean? So if it wasn't Joe doing it, who recorded that footage? Uh, it's... It's really weird. Huh. We have run down the promos path. And we've. what's funny is we've still, there's probably still another three or four people we didn't talk about. Like the, the douchebag with the strip bars who I, he was only on the show for the last episode and I loathed him. Oh, I the, loathed him. the dude on the, on the, on the jet ski at the end. Yes. My God. He is every person I've, when I've worked at comic book stores, he is every person who comes in, who, who has bought a thousand dollars worth of books and thinks that immediately makes him better than you. Yeah. James Garretson. Oh, I hated him. I loathe him with, I, I would like to see him 
hanging out with Carol Baskin's prize-winning tiger. Because goddamn that guy. It's, it's, okay, so Matt mentions that at the beginning of that secret footage, Joe says, don't turn that camera off. So it was either Joe or somebody uh, associated with Joe, which still seems odd. Why would you want to record yourself going to your lawyer, possibly discussing the burning down of the fucking alligator cage? That was, I, I think he was going in anticipating a different conversation, says Matt. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, because that would seem dumb to have him record it. Uh, James, I get the feeling from James Garretson that he is like, he wants to be in the big leagues and be yeah. like, you know, baller and gangster, uh, like these other guys are and stuff and, and have he has all enough these money chicks to get and have to all the these table. tigers and stuff. Uh, but the minute shit starts to go awry, he's the dude who pussies out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He'll go to the illegal poker game and he'll hang out with all the fucking, you know, all the, all the criminals and all the underlords. But the minute the fucking door busts open and the red and blue lights, he's just like that dude. <laughs> or, or until the actual mob boss says, are you going to put up or fucking shut up? And he's the guy who actually shuts up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, I, I mean, and the way he sounded, he there's a lot more dirt that he has on a lot of these other people. So yeah, but that's my problem. Is is can you believe that guy? Can you believe the walking Chucky doll who looks like he was inflated by a tire pump? Uh I'm gonna say yes, just because at that point, what does he get out of lying at that point? It just I, I would say it's more that I see him as somebody who says, I like, oh, wait do you see the other thing I got. And then he goes, I have another audio tape that says the exact same four things that we've already heard. Like he seems like he's somebody who doesn't understand the sort of propriety of what he has, it even though it's repetitious. I'm getting too into it. Into the weeds on people whom I know who go, Oh, this is funny, and then they tell you your joke back at you. Like, he seems very much like, a, oh, one is good, here's two. No, one was fine. I don't know whether he has enough new stuff. I get what you're saying, but I think it's possible, but it didn't come across that way to Speculation. me. Speculation. Uh, if it if it was, uh, just because the way he, because he didn't seem like, maybe there's more out there, maybe there's tapes. You know, stuff like that. It was just like, oh, there's shit on everybody. Everybody's going down. And you know, he was he was just very blunt and matter of fact. Like everybody, everybody's secrets, they're all recorded. Everybody's fucking going down. All those fucks, they're all going down. Like he 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 came across too blunt and too honest and too willing to say that kind of shit. Fear says uh, they're gonna find that that living Chucky guy has bodies in his crawl space. I 100% agree. Either oh, that absolutely. Or- an entire closet full of anime love pillows. Yeah. It's one or the yes. other. Possibly yeah. both. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely the guy who, you know, goes to the ATM and takes out all his money and rolls up to the high roller table. And it's just like, fuck, this is not my party. <laughs> he's the guy who goes to the high poker table and then ends up hanging out at the free salad bar. Yes. <laughs> After he loses all his money, he still sits at the table to order the free drinks. 
So, or or he's a dude like me and you when we went to fucking uh, Garden State Comic Festival down in Atlantic City. Was everybody there? We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna find the one video poker game that's just inside the boundary of where we can order the free drinks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there with twenty five rolls of quarters to make me look like I'm a high roller, nickel, nickel. Uh, can I have another free drink, please? Nickel. <laughs> yep. This this is all for show. The minute I leave uh, here, this is getting deposited right back in the bank. I do appreciate the uh, you hand the well the you hand the waitress like a fiver. The first thing you do is you hand her the fiver. Just keep the screwdrivers coming. Keep yep. the rum and cokes rolling. I'll just be a nickel. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Occasionally we run ten cents and be like, well, nope, lost it all. Let's just back it up a little bit. Let's not. <sighs> What did you people out there in something land think of Tiger King? Do you think, A, Joe is guilty of uh, wanting Carol dead? B, do you think that Carol killed her husband? C, do you think the Caper Crusader and the Boy Wonder will get out of this peril? Find out next time. Where can they find all this stuff up? Uh, real quick before I get into that, just because Fear joined hey. late. Fear, we already oh, asked yeah, everybody in the chat, did Carol feed her husband to a tiger? Are we asking chat now? We're asking fear. Oh, Everybody yeah, else fear, in chat please. had answered, but we're asking fear because he came in late. Did Carol feed her Watching, husband to a tiger? Reading what uh, fear said in chat so far, 100% fear believes that Carol fed her husband to a tiger. Oh, excellent. Fear uh, thinks everybody. There you go. He also said Carol's the devil there, or Carol is Satan there. I said it. I agree. Uh, so you can find us at somethingcast.com that's where we have all the doodads and widgets and buttons to find us on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Gmail and the Stitcher and the iTunes and everything else Uh, also if you are watching in our Twitch channel in the lower left hand corner of your screen you can go to shop.somethingcast.com get all sorts of etched glass work vinyl work for your vehicle for your laptop for your walls our t-shirt stores are all there and stuff Uh, If you are looking to do something later this evening and you haven't so far, uh, definitely go check out our latest episode. Uh, We spoke with the wonderful Jessica Ragsey Ewood, who is now a semifinalist uh, with her partner Sam on Lego Masters. The semifinal episode comes out tomorrow night, and I say tomorrow night because we are recording this on Tuesday, April 7th. So for those in the chat listening live, check out Lego Masters tomorrow night. You'll see Jessica on there. Check out our episode today. Uh, Other than that, save the date, May 27th through 31st, live stream for The Cure 4. Uh, James and I will be on there, along with a number of other great podcasts, uh, raising money. We're trying to get to $10,000 for the Cancer Research Center. Uh, So save the date for that. Definitely check it out. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Fear made a great comment. Uh, Carol killed her husband 100%. She's got lifeless eyes like a doll's eyes. Like a doll's eyes. It's so awesome. Uh, James, anything else from you? Yes, I just want to quick throw a quick thank you out to PRL Matt and Becky who are hanging out in chat. You can find them over at uh, Pre-Recorded Live on Stitcher and all of the other podcasty places. And Fear from the FYFC Studios. You can find FYFC Studios, that's with an S, dot com for what they are doing over there. So I just want to give thanks to the people who came hang out with us. Uh, Fear also does a lot of streaming. Uh, he's getting into some Animal Crossing now. He does some Modern Warfare streaming. Uh, which I applaud you for. I got into uh, the the new battle royal that Modern Warfare has. Uh, I am terabad at first person shooters, so it's like, oh, cool! I gotta go bat. <laughs> well, that was 
That was fun. Yeah, no, and I'm why, terrible yeah. at that game. I had the same thought when I played. Um, what's the kid that? What's the game that all the kids love these days? Uh, the one with the hundred, the, the original battle royal game. Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, I played no, Fortnite for that. about a night. I loaded <laughs> up and I was like, and I was like, I got to. I was number. I was top ten. I hid in a fucking bush the whole time, and you sit there and go, "Is this fun?" I'm not no, having fun. Not at all. I could be in the top ten. I can hide in a bush, or I can go and try and play a game and lose tremendously. Yeah, exactly. So no, I got nothing else. Thank you all for joining us on the Twitch Live. We'll be doing this again in the next couple of weeks, especially since we have nowhere else to be. Absolutely. Look at that. We're going to do another Netflix party. Uh, for those of you listening in the chat, we're going to do another Netflix party probably later this week. And uh, we'll yes. probably do another live streaming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, bust out another episode. So be sure to focus on our Facebook and our Twitter. And uh, we'll let you know when we're doing the next live stream and the next Netflix party. Until then, I am Podcast Rob. And I did not kill Carol Baskin's husband. Jay no Tyler. comment. Okay. We'll see you guys later. Later! Something, something, something. We might be out of here, but you want to stick around because here comes yet another chapter of Stories to Amaze! Previously on Stories to Amaze. For starters, it began with a narrator. I could have sworn I was just at my house. Shit. Wait, this this isn't my fault, is it? Shut it. Clean up an aisle five, bring him to room 23. D-E-M. By the Something Something cast. Chapter two. What is your name? My name is Elmer J. Fudd. Millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. Interesting. What is your name? Oh, uh, James. Hello, James. Welcome back to the land of moving parts. Hmm? Oh, thanks. Uh, man, what happened? Hey. Hey, why am I tied to this chair? What the fuck? Just some precautions, James. Nothing to be alarmed by. Nothing to be alarmed by? I get tasered and drugged and tied to a chair and you say I shouldn't be alarmed? Correct. Trust me, James. Trust you? Why should I trust you? How about because you don't have any other choice? He really didn't. Shit. So, let's talk about what you saw on the screen before. Meanwhile. So, that was an interesting morning. I don't even know what to think about it. Right? Kind of creepy the way he was going on about not remembering getting to work and all. Honestly, I was more freaked out by his explanation of what happened on the screen. How so? I thought your idea was pretty great thinking. It wasn't my idea. What? I'm confused. Don't start telling me you don't remember. No, no, nothing like that. Just, the call came through and I knew we had to think quick, so I just made it happen. I didn't really have a reason for it at the time. But what about what James said about Boone being a sacrifice to the island? It's a great explanation for what happened. I, I just hadn't thought of it when I did it. 
Wait, so you made it happen without thinking through why, yet James knew why before you did? Yep, pretty much. Now that is creepy. Back in room 23. So, say this again. Boone dying was a sacrifice to the island and return the hatch lit up. And the hatch is... The uh, the bunker where Des lives and, and pushes the button. Pushes the button, right. And you know this how? Is this a trick question? The show's been done for, what, seven, eight years now? I see. Okay, what the fuck is going on? Are you telling me you didn't know this? Correct, because it, in fact, hasn't happened yet. What? Mind blown. Hang on, what? So you have no idea what we do here, do you? Uh, I could try to explain it, but I don't think I believe it enough to make it sound legit. Try me. Um, okay. When, um, things need to, you, you know, happen... You uh, nudge fate. That's a very primitive and sloppy way of putting it. Hold on to your horses, kids. But, yes. Wait, wait, I was right? Mind blown. In a nutshell. What is this place? The other guy called it D-E-M. Deus ex ex machina. Machina. So you guys do all the stuff that has to happen. Mind blown. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, mind fucking blown. Still hearing voices? What? Um, no. Liar. Uh, Okay, yeah. More like a narrator, really? Oh. Oh. Well, that sounds pretty terrible. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll find out next week on Stories to Amaze!